everybody. Welcome. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. We've got a great guest on tonight and a positive title. Check that out. Calling Youth to Heroism. Great, great, great title. Great subject tonight. We're glad you're with us. You're in the right place. Of course, everything begins with prayer. And Father Heilman, we always turn that over to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou... O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. All right, before we get started, of course, we always want to thank everybody out there who has been who have been supporting U.S. Grace Force. Your prayers, your encouragement is amazing. And if anybody wants to help us and join our Patreon team. To help us continue to fund the work that we do, you can click the link in the description below. Really powerful, really helpful. And we thank all of our patrons for all the support they give us. So pray about it. Click that link if you're interested. Also, don't forget to check out the U.S. Grace Force official gear page. Get some really cool stuff out there. T-shirts, hats. Do we have hats? I'm not sure we have hats. Check it out. We got baby onesies. We got that. I know that's for sure. So check out the U.S. Grace Force gear page. And we appreciate all your support. It helps us continue to do this work two years now we've been doing this and i know father we've had eddie on before and this is going to be a great one we, last week we had the very powerful one, father chad ripiker which was just phenomenal talking about you know the fact that evil is panicking the demons are panicking right now in the world this is a great follow-up with eddie because we're talking about calling youth to heroism and how we reach out to the young people to really engage in this battle so Father, I know you and Eddie go way back, and you were talking a lot of Green Bay Packers stuff before we got started here, so <laughs> I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> I wore this just for you, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have something in common, don't we, Father? Another thing. The Packers. Well, yeah. we're both part owners of the Packers. Oh, now. that's right. Yes. <laughs> My wife got me an early Christmas gift. I'm now yep. an owner of the Green Bay Packers. Nice. He's got to share. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and, uh, cool. and, and to quote uh, Aaron Rodgers, I still own you, Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> so. but, you know, but, but to reciprocate, I got my wife a DTS beanie. So it's kind of cool, really. You know, was, <laughs> That's a cool so beanie. I got to get one of those. I'm, I got to get one of those. It'll Where do you go to get tomorrow. that? Where do you go to get that, Eddie? Dead this you can get from deadtheologianssociety.com. Dot com. But Look at that cool logo. I got to get one of those. That's awesome. Well, I'll put one in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> I, no, I want to our... contribute to Death Theologian Society. <laughs> You've been good to me, Father. I was going to say, we got like 55 teams from our parish going to the March for Life, and a lot of them will be sporting this. Oh, um, wow. Because their jackets may be covering the hoodie, but they'll still be That's so cool. And, and Eddie, what's the website again for that? It's deadtheologians with an S, society.com. Deadtheologians. Society.com. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Eddie and I do go way back, and Eddie used to live in the area here. And uh, as he was uh, putting together this amazing ministry called Dead Theologian Society, it, it's a takeoff from Dead Poet Society. And um, but, anyways, uh, what it is in a nutshell, and Dead, Eddie, you can you can uh, uh, you know give more to it, but. Um, the, the, the youth get together and, um, there's a time for prayer, but what they do is they, every week they reflect on a different saint and they get the story of their life. Um, great quotes from them. Yep. Uh, we have a cool place here at St. Mary's. We call it our undercrop, but it's underneath the church and it's, uh, 
it's not been touched since 1888. So it's got like a gravel floor and, oh, yeah. you know, the stone walls and the wooden beams. Yeah. And we've got old pews we put down there and put a bunch of candles in there. It's so cool. Uh, yeah. But it's like our, our little hidden place. And uh, we can we can seat probably 50 or 60 kids down there. And we, and we fill the baby up every oh, yeah. time with Death Theologian Society. But that, uh, you want to talk a little bit more about that, Eddie? Oh, sure. I was just going to say, if Hollywood ever sees that room down there, they'll film movies down there. They won't have to build exactly stone and fake places. I mean, it's really pretty impressive. I got to. Yeah, oh, this just popped in my head. I got to put this. In. Yeah. Um, I, I was inspired uh, by Notre Dame, where they said, uh, "Play like a champion today." When they came out of the tunnel, they would hit the sign. So I made a sign like just like it, exactly like it, and I put it in the uh, the stairwell going down to our undercroft. And so I, we asked the kids to hit it, and they do. And it yep. says, pray like a champion today. It's so cool. <laughs> they would kiss the crucifix and hit the sign. Exactly, so were... exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. we're in that. Well, thanks for having me on the show again. It's, it's good to see, see you, Father, and you, Doug, as well. And I love the hat, the cap you're wearing there, Doug. That's very special, <laughs> always. Um, yes. I was going to say, we're in our 25th year now as an apostolate, and... We're very aware, I think, all of us who are in this line of work or even or have a pulse and a faith that goes with it, that there are, there are some challenges, to put it very lightly, yeah. that we're confronted with today. Um, I will say, when we have times like this, as we know that during the darkest times in history, great saints emerged. And it's quite an inspiring thing for me to see how many parishes have um, taken Dead Theologian Society as an apostolate for their teenagers and young adults, and to see the, the fruits of that, the results of that, it really is, and I've never said that it's the magic bullet for youth ministry, that'd be arrogant, wouldn't be correct, but it's one of them, and it's an absolute direct laser that obliterates some of the cancer yeah. that's, that's, that's infesting, infiltrating our yeah. young people in our world. When these young people get together at their parish and they're doing adoration, they're praying, they're learning about the lives of the saints. And if you want to, sometimes all of us have probably had great influence in our life to contribute to who we are in our best selves, you know. And so for these teenagers, when it's easy to push a button and see all kinds of stuff that's not good, to get to witness every single week dozens and dozens and hear about the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of young people who are praying, who are learning about the life of a saint and getting inspired by their life, by their wisdom, and then imitating them, literally imitating, by they change their careers. We have loads of vocations that are coming from DTS, loads of holy marriages, loads of people who are deciding, I want to be like that particular saint or those saints who've inspired me. And that is happening. So for all of us who are very aware of the challenges that we have, do know that there are groups, and DTS is one of those apostolates that's part of the cure. And it's a great privilege for me to have spent now, you know, almost half my life in this particular apostolate just to see how how it wins. I mean, it, that how to see the good that, that triumphs over the evil, and and to see these young people making choices that are very heroic um, put in the context of the, of the challenges that we face now. Right. 
Any question for you? What are some of the, I mean, you talk about stories of saints. What are some of the more prominent stories, some of the more prominent saints that you share that really are very relatable to the young people these days? Sure. Well, I'll tell you, Doug, it's interesting because if I use the analogy that different type of bait attracts different kinds of fish, Mm. the fact that there's different teenagers at a DTS meeting that some that we think would, of course, you have some of the ones like, let's say, say a, a Maximilian Colby, who is just, you know, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who are in athletics, they learn the story of St. Sebastian and how, you know, he's, they take him as a, com- a confirmation saint for athletes. Um, of course, P- St. Patrick is always a strong one. Um, St. Anthony, St. Aloysius, oh, St. Don Bosco is talk about a, one of the great youth ministers of all time. But it's amazing. The other day we talked about Saint Zita, who was basically a domestic servant for most of her life, and here she's a great saint, and that resonated with one of our teens, Saint Patrick's in Columbus, like none others have. You know, so it's I would say all of them have some connection for some of the teens, which is why in DTS we never have to worry about running out of material because there's so many great saints. Um, yeah, the, the popular ones as well as the obscure ones, you know, people that that love coffee like St. Drago. And so it's like you never yeah. know which one's going to hit, you know. But I will say, I think ones that showed um, great courage in the face of martyrdom, a Miguel Pro, of course, um, those inspire a lot of people, you know, to be marched out. Uh, where the, the authorities thought that, you know, the public execution would strike fear in the people right. in his final words, Viva Cristo Rey, you know, here we just have Christ the King, that, and how the back, it backfired, and how, you know, the people were moved to prayer by his courage. Those things always inspire. I, I, need, always. I need to jump in here real quick, forgive me, Father, but um, Eddie, um, first, yeah, the persecution that's, that we're experiencing, and in many respects, you know, there's secularism that, that's constantly hammering any, any, anything of the faith. Yeah. You know, we've got some places of the world where Christians are being, you know, put to death and so forth. So these things are very real. Before we address that, I'm sure a lot of the audience, myself included, who am currently drinking some coffee right now, <laughs> can you explain St. Drago? I'm not familiar with this saint and what it has to do with coffee. He's a patron saint for coffee and to be honest with you i would i would have to go back and brush up on it doug (laughs) but but i know yeah d-r-a-g-o and there are some coffee shops that have been named saint drago there may have been one in wisconsin i remember a woman uh, back in in wisconsin was saying there was a saint drago or drago however they say it Mm. but to be honest with you and to be honest with, with our viewing audience i can't remember the details there yeah. weren't like pages and pages and pages and pages, but somehow the guy's connected to coffee. And if you have me on again in about another year, I'll have the answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite saints that I love sharing with the youth is uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. You know, the young man, and he's loved mountain climbing. He's, I think he's, I think his big, great uh, expression was to the top or something like that. But, oh, you're, but the whole, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say he's he was fantastic. He's from a very privileged family in Italy, and actually, um, 
there was that he was kind of a prankster in his life. He loved to short sheet beds and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, his own family kind of thought that he was not that sick when he was sick. And here he died, you know, like a few days later, and they weren't really aware that he was that sick. But he was so he was so privileged. And it was after he died, the thousands and thousands of people that came uh, to the funeral and realized that that's the guy that gave his own shoes to this person. This is the guy that would spend hours and hours in adoration. This is the guy that would serve the poor. And here he was like almost like an ambassador's kid. You know, he was oh. very privileged. But in all of his free time, um, he was helping others. And he, and he had a great humor, a great like normal he loved to kid people, and, and he was he was a fun person. Yet he get to the top of the mountain. There's even a, a great holy card of him, and on some of them they airbrush the pipe out. But he's like this. <laughs> he's actually smoking his pipe. But that's always thing. It's kind of funny. They airbrush the pipe out. Just leave the pipe in yeah. there, you know. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, he was a very holy person. And I think some of these saints, actually a lot of them, it's not till a little bit later that people start to think, "Wow, wow, there was something." really special and they find out the rest of the story because with so many of these saints they were so humble and they didn't make a big deal about what they were doing and one of the quotes from this book which i know we're going to talk about later wisdom and inspiration yeah we should talk about that really quick well it talks there's a saint that talked about be careful about angling uh for like praise um, you don't want to lose favor with God because we're trying to go after human praise, that kind of right. stuff. Well, so many saints, they did their good works and their heroism without trying to get human praise. So like even Pierre Giorgio Frasati, a lot of his own family realized after he died, wow, this, this guy was extra special. Hey, hey uh, Eddie, I want, to get to, I want to get to that book because it's yeah. amazing. Uh, it's, well, it's, 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 it's unique in its look and feel. Look at that. Can you open up like one, you know, one one of the pages? Oh, it's unbelievable. I would be happy to. Yeah, I'll open up all three hundred ninety-five pages in full <laughs> color. Um, in full yeah, color, every page. Every page. And this was I had to look at this. That's just one of we have look artwork, classic artwork for yeah. every month that corresponds to the devotion of the for the of the church for right. that month. Right. And. So there's this traditional, classic, beautiful um, art. Oh, look at this one. Art pieces. Like this wow. kind of stuff. You know? wow. But every day, there's a quote from a saint in a sentence. And yeah. the, the, the artwork that was chosen, remember the old like silent films? They had that kind of black kind of body background. And then there would be a sentence that would pop up, but it would let the viewer know what was going on. Yeah. Well, these, I had this idea because, so this is like kind of the graphic, almost like the old silent films right. where a person could just look at in one sentence, oh, today, well, actually just a couple of days ago, said the world would have peace if only the men of politics would follow the Gospels. St. Bridget of Sweden. Bam. Ah, uh, bam. And I love this one. Yelling and shouting is what idiots do. St. Clement <laughs> of Alexandria. So some of this wisdom in one sentence, it can change yeah. a person's life. You know, and, and, and uh, our Protestant brothers and sisters love to memorize scripture, and I think we should too. But what, yeah. if a, what if a person just sat with one of those sentences each day and just, you know, tried to memorize that and, and make it part of yeah. their, not only their own spiritual life, but also 
um, to be able to say, hey, do you know what uh, Bridget O'Sweeten said about this? You know, you know what, uh, you know, St. John Vianney said about that. And uh, but it's, it's just really powerful that way. Right. Well, Father and Doug, I have to tell you um, what kind of inspired me to put this book together was many years ago, um, I heard a quote from St. John Vianney that when he said, anger never travels alone, it's always accompanied by plenty of other sins. And that hit me so hard because I had a fierce temper. It wasn't, it, <laughs> that was in my earlier life. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> Maybe it was the red hair and the Irish roots, but I had a I can't even temper. imagine that. I've known you all these years. I've never well, seen you even percolate. <laughs> well, I got to say, thanks to St. John Vianney, he reduced my nice. crazy defensive nice. anger 99% nice. in a sentence or two. Yeah. And I thought, if that stuck with me and kind of helped change my life, I mean, I still have a ways to go in life, of course, as we all do. We all but do. But that, that, that phrase stuck, and it's never left me. And I thought... If I could put together, there's so many great saints, great one-liners. Right. I think a lot of people, they're not going to either buy a bunch of books or read volumes. I mean, it's wonderful if people do it. But to take a powerful bit of heavenly saintly wisdom takes, what, 10 seconds, and it right. can change life. Yeah, you know, for me, I mean, I, I, and I agree with that 100%. Those quotes, especially from a John Biani or um, I, I, when I read through the sermons of San Alfonso's Liguori, there was yes. just one sentence here or there, but the famous book, um, you know, from Thomas Akempis, Imitation of Christ, which is another one of those books where I, I just can't not sit down and read more than a couple of phrases at a time right. or a page because it, yes. there's so much to process. And one of the ones that always struck me was this here. And I know the audience will hear this and it'll affect some people, not because of me, but because of the power of God working through someone like St. Thomas or Thomas Akempis. Was he ever, he was never canonized. Was he father? Uh, yes, Eddie, yeah. no? he, was? he was. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, I don't know. I Google heard. That. Yeah, we need to look. That. Okay, I'll I'll look it up in just a second here. But the phrase was this: nothing so uh, enslaves a man than disordered love for created. No, nothing so entangles man than disordered love for created things. Wow. And that statement: nothing so entangles. No, I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> Obviously, it impacted me so much. I I don't remember the quote. <laughs> uh, nothing my son's probably laughing because i actually wrote it out and, and and taped it above my the door of my kids at one point um because i just thought it was such a good one for all of us to think about nothing so entangles the heart of man than disordered love for created things i think is how it goes but it's just that whole premise that you know our disordered love for created things a disordered love not an appreciation yeah. for right. it in its right place but yeah. if it's disordered it entangles us and it could be could be the athletics it could be you know, a oh, yeah. big screen TV, whatever it is, yeah. you know, things are never more things. important and they need to be put in the right perspective, but it changed the way I, I viewed a lot of stuff. So you're right about that, Eddie. One yeah. quote can really knock your socks off and affect a whole, it changes the whole trajectory of your life in some ways. It can at least. Well, you know, we read one in, uh, cause we'd look at ours every day, my wife, myself, and there was one oh, a few weeks ago and it said, one of the saints said, slander is worse than cannibalism. And it's like, Oh, bam. And, and if you wow. think about how easy it we can fall into slandering yeah. somebody, um, and, it's, and we live in a society that has a, a lust for destroying somebody's reputation. They, they can't yeah. get it. It's like an insatiable appetite to see someone fall. Wow. And I think 
while slander is worse than cannibalism, that's easy to remember. And again, I would say that was like a gut check for a lot of us when we share that, you know, with our, our people that we know. It's like, well, let's be careful, you know. And I think it was, I think it was Saint Augustine, maybe, who said like he had a sign in 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 his dining hall that said, "When we sit down to eat, make sure we don't like devour the reputations of others who are not with us." You know, because it's just so easy to sit around and start to <clears throat> gossip on people and stuff. So. Hey, yeah, hey uh, before uh, before we get too long, too, I want to let people know where they get the book. So, oh um, yeah, yeah. So my sister's company works with a fulfillment company, and yes. uh, of course, uh, Modern Media put to get together the book, uh, Zip Zeppa, and uh, but it's out of RomanCatholicGear.com is where you can find that yeah. RomanCatholicGear.com. Same hey, Father, place we have the, the Rosary. What's on DeadTheologianSociety.com, we have the button. Oh, it's on there, we'll too? We'll take them right to Roman Catholic okay, Gear. there you go. Yeah, you And I will say, in props to that distribution center, they're getting these out quickly. That's good. So yeah, and they, like everybody else, is suffering, you know, the, uh, the, the employment woes and all this stuff. And so they're... They're trudging through that and doing their best, and God love them. Every every yeah. company's having a, okay. a hard time, but they're they're still sticking with it. So I got an, an update for you on Thomas Akempis here. All right, uh, and this was this was 2016, July 27th is the article, and it says that that uh, in short, he is not a saint. And there are several reasons for this. Some based on the tenets of the church, uh, others are speculation, um, and because he just hasn't met all the requirements. Uh, one is that, and I had heard this before, is that they think he was buried alive, and when they exhumed his body, yeah. there were scratch marks. You've heard this, Eddie? That's what scratch I heard. Scratch marks yeah. on the inside of the coffin, as if he may have despaired, and so they can't canonize somebody who might have. So I mean, Come all these little on. things. But this was a long time ago. So um, was that uh, a Q source that uh, found the script? <laughs> I was thinking. If he were still alive, you think he'd want to take the opportunity to scratch himself out if he could. Oh yeah, any, any, anybody's <laughs> thinking. Look, I just it's a, it's a, it's that indomitable human spirit John Paul talks about that we have. John Paul II, that you know we're we're trying to survive. Exactly. <laughs> you think oh. I'm going to try to get out of the box? I could oh, be that doing it peacefully. You, if you wanted to survive. <laughs> yeah, that's something oh, I heard. Yeah. But anyway, in general, they're saying as of 2016, he is he is not canonized. So right, but his stuff is still pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I'm in an elevator too long, I'm scratching for those oh, doors. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm pounding, kicking, trying to pry the door yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Eddie, um, how important it is to have uh, this Dead Theologian Society, this opportunity to come, to, not only to be inspired by the saint that you learn from each day, mm -hmm. but to be inspired by each other. I mean, oh. we need that more than anything else. And I, I've been with that Theologian Society. What has it been now? Six Over 20 years. years, I think. Yeah, about 20 years. I've been. Because um, six years, 17 years. But I've watched these youth that have come through. And truly, they inspire each other. They inspire yes. other people. These, these are people, these are young people now, you know, having families, the ones that I knew early on. Yes. Uh, that are truly inspiring and influencing the world in their own way because they're rock solid and they're so united to their yes. faith, to Jesus Christ, to each other, but the communion of saints. Yes. And, and, and so they're just the strength that they, they uh, emit uh, and it inspires other people is unbelievable. 
there is a there's a there's a spiritual confidence that's not yeah. it's very genuine um they're it's with their palpable. friends and you, yeah and you know that like i always re- recognize that teenagers are, are quite powerful maybe they're not powerful and just like in the ways that we are with maybe certain things but they're very powerful in their ability to influence right and say whether something's worthwhile or not and to see a group of teens and like i said we, We've had about a dozen new parishes just in the last number of weeks who have signed on for this. Um, but I know down at St. Patrick's, where, where I help lead a group personally uh, with the Dominican priests there, Father Frasati is one of them, actually. Um, it, it's very inspiring to see about 50 teenagers. They put their hoodie on. They're doing adoration. Yeah. It takes two Confession. priests for confessions because they're lining up. Yeah. They're praying for souls in purgatory. We probably want to mention that is kind of the special charism. We learn about the lives of the saints and become inspired by, by them. But our special thing that we do, part of our mission as Debt Theologian Society, is to pray for souls in purgatory. And not just for a day or two in November, but to try to do it every single day to pray for yeah. souls. I remember uh, and, when we had Susan Tassoni here that wrote the yes, book Praying with the Saints for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. And yeah. we had her on our podcast here a few weeks ago. And oh, everybody wow. just loved her. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure they're going to love you as much, but uh, they did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but I think they love their message. And and, uh, oh. and and I think I think we want, all of us, we want to get united with the community of saints, you know, yes. with the holy souls and, and the, and I call it the holy alliance. I actually took a it lot is. of her teaching and your teaching and, and, uh, yeah. and put it in my church militant field manual, but calling us all to, to pray with the saints for the holy souls in purgatory and just to mention too that on, at a pra- on a practical note it's very easy to have a chapter of dead theologian society it doesn't take right. years and all this stuff it's like a pastor you know between a youth minister and a pastor they could decide well we want to do this contact us at dead theologian society.com and literally they could get their materials their hoodies there we have these you know we have the combat rosaries. We have the Bethlehem rosaries. We have the scapulars, the, the stuff, even the hats. But and we're not just a gear thing, but as far as, as an apostolate. Cool gear, though. It really is. Oh, well, yeah, we love yeah. the gear. But, um, but as an apostolate that works, I, again, I just want to reinforce that. And I'm not aware of every youth program that's out there. There are some probably that are super effective and some that aren't. But I can tell you that Dead Theologian Society is an apostolate that is producing tremendous results yeah. and it has for 25 years. I can personally attest to that. Yeah. The amazing young adults that we have right now that were Dead Theologian Society. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Dead Theologian Society. It just there are it kept, them, it kept them like this. And, yeah. and like you, the, you used a good word. There's a confidence about them. Yes, There's there like is. a Catholic confidence. It's not, it's not uh uh, it's not that hoity-toity, you know, snobby yeah. kind, which I hate. It's yep. none of that. There's joy, and they just love the treasure yes. chest of the Catholic faith. They love their saints and and all that. It, and and it really goes a long way. The Dead Theologian Society to to get that firm inside of them. Oh yeah, and when they have a, a pure uh, culture that they're comfortable and that they trust, and imagine if a good devout kid has 20, 30, 40 friends. That are all we're all trying to get to heaven together. That's pretty powerful. And then all of a sudden, some of the allure of the secular world just doesn't seem to be that big a deal anymore. Yeah. Um, it kind of loses its luster 
um, when you when when the kids become confident. Um, yeah, it. I could go on and on. I don't want to be like the broken record, but I want to encourage truly encourage if there's any pastors or or, or youth ministers or people who are connected to their parish. It's like, hey, we know there's a lot of problems. We know there's a lot of trouble out there, but here's something that is working and visit our website, you know, visit your guys's, visit ours. Um, and we, very quickly, they could have a chapter of Debt Theologian Society. I get invited to ordinations. There are three guys that were in a DTS chapter in Missouri, three guys together, and they're all priests now wow. from one, just one chapter. Wow. There's, there's a, in our chapter in, in Moy Ross in Ireland, in Limerick, there are five of the girls, Moy Ross was known as Ireland's roughest neighborhood. Five of the girls are in the convent. Two of the other former kids are leaders. Um, so just, I get invited to marriages of kids that met in DTS and, and yeah, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm quite a fan. It's like the hair club commercial. I don't know <laughs> I can, uh, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a fan of DTS besides being, you know, affiliated with the apostolate. Mm-hmm. You know, so can I share this real, real quick with you guys? I don't mean to filibuster. But I am the guest tonight. <laughs> um, back in the summer, I had a couple little, you know, minor medical challenges. You know, I was starting to worry or feel sorry for myself maybe for a second. I, and it was the day that the first book came in. And I just picked it up and said, oh, finally, you know, it's here, you know, the, the first version. So I just opened it up and it said, suffering born in the will quietly and patiently is a continual, very powerful prayer before God. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it one more time. Suffering born in the will, quietly and patiently, is a continual, very powerful prayer before God. That's from St. Jane Francis de Chantal. Wow. And I thought, a lot of us may have some aches and pains or some things or we're feeling like it could be suffering that, you know, as, as parents that we feel sometimes or concern for loved ones or our own health. It could be a variety of things where there's a suffering. And I just thought that was a great quote that said, we can do something with that. That's a very powerful prayer before God. And that, that really inspired me a whole lot. Wow. That's incredible. Eddie, I'm curious if you could tell me. Put my phone away. Sorry. That's right. (laughs) My best. You missed my best stuff, Father. No, no, I heard the whole thing. It was awesome. Yeah, we're over here. I'm talking to my one of my producers here to getting some notes on this stuff. We want to get the good images of the good saints up. And I'm curious, yeah. Eddie, what 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 saints saint or saints would you say are in the, like the top two or three that really impact you? Oh, that have yeah, really affected that's, that's you. An easy one, Saint Patrick. From the time I was a little boy. Yeah. He was my confirmation saint. Okay. And I remember being a very young boy on a St. Patrick's Day, um, being a cotter. I had uh, my uncles, I had seven of them. They were tremendous gentlemen with great, uh, great humor. And just they were great men in my eyes, my dad and his six brothers. And I remember being at St. Patrick's Church um, on St. Patrick's Day in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Actually, the Cotter boys were always given the first car in the entire parade ahead of the mayor wow in Columbus they were wonderful men and so and they used to let me drive right in the car with them as a little kid and wow. so I remember being at mass and hearing this Dominican priest talking about the faith of St. Patrick and how he influenced a race of people and how he's the patriarch of the Irish faith and it just gave me chills I still have them you know and how this kid who was kidnapped as a teenager 
and went over and he found the Holy Spirit, the Anam Kara, the friend of the soul. And he was filled with, 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 with fervor and could pray. And, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this guy is phenomenal. And I think in my over 50 trips, maybe more to Ireland over the years and in doing Dead Theologian Society over there and trying to spread it, I love the faith of Patrick where he admitted that he wasn't super learned. Mm. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'll never get, there's no plaques on my wall for academic achievement. <laughs> no, it's blank back here. Um, but mine. I love the fact that he had a, a <laughs> we'll see. That's why we hit it off so well. Yeah. Um, he was, <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. when you don't have plaques, you can have relics and statues and stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's got the same. Yeah. Faith. He believed in the Holy Trinity. He believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was grateful to God. And so he was so filled with gratitude that nothing, nothing was going to stop him. And I kind of relate to that. I've had an amazing, an amazing, blessed and fortunate life. And so just being so filled with gratitude. I love St. Patrick. I love Father Solanus Casey very much. I think he's, he's one that really hit me. You know, there are some people you learn about and you say, well, I would really like to be more like him. Yeah. And, and I see Father Solanus Casey's life and the fact that he was a Wisconsinite and his neighbors across the river were Cotters and he was of Irish roots uh -huh. and he loved Our Lady. And he was, you know, he did the prison guard thing, the streetcar operator. He knew what it was like to have his heart broken with the love of the girl that he loved. I mean, he had all these very relatable things. And yet to see how, what a good guy he was. I'm, you know, I'm trying to find the right words. But when he trained altar servers, you could tell he was a nice guy to be around. He was just full of faith and full of patience and full of good humor. And I love that about him. So again, he's one. And then doing youth ministry for so many years now, I've really grown to love St. Don Bosco because yeah. I think he had the formula where he had great faith, but all the other gifts that he had, whether it was acrobatics and card tricks or whatever, all of his, the stuff he could do to attract people around him, he used that to help evangelize. Right. And I think it was he that said some of the great errors. He, he always said, be careful about piling on too many devotions on young people because just living a Christian life is mortification enough. I mean, <laughs> he was basically, I think he had a balance where between the, the, the deep faith things and just some of the other stuff that's more recreational. And he did it. I mean, he had that balance. The fruits of what he did proved that. And so I look to him a lot in, in my own youth ministry life to say, help me keep that balance. And also, I love the fact that he was never harsh with the teens. He was around some rough kids. And in my own work as a social worker and juvenile court director, before I went into youth ministry full-time, I looked at guys like that, that they can promote value, promote virtue. They know where the line is, but they're not harsh. And they don't, there's a certain um, a gentleness in their strength. Sure. which I think these guys had. St. Patrick obviously had it because to, to help convert a race of people where others had failed, he must have had a, a personality that was very um, engaging. So those are sets of the long answer, but those are a few. Um, and then of course, I think, all we I, think we go, I think we should go around the room now and tell. Yeah, what yeah. I'll, I'll go next. <laughs> Cause I was listening to you. I want to go, who are my favorites? I love the ones that you have, Eddie. That's amazing. Um, 
but I'll start with Maximilian Kobe. I love Maximilian Kobe. And actually I have a rare relic of Maximilian Kobe right there. Uh, he was incinerated in a Nazi concentration camp. So how do you have a relic? Well, his barber, and one of the stories I heard was his barber thought he might be a future saint someday. So he saved some of his hairs. And that's a piece of his hair that I think there's only like a thousand. I was told by one of the leading experts that there's only like a thousand of those in the whole world. And I got one. But uh, but Maximilian Colby uh, used the best of new media of his mm -hmm. time. In, and during one of the strongest propaganda eras, the 1930s, right? The rise of communism and Nazism and everything. And people were being sold a bill of lies. And he wanted to get the truth out. And uh, like Bishop Morlino, I said, the truth with love. And he did. Yeah. yeah. But he wanted to get the truth out. He also started the Militia Maculata. And interestingly enough, that that started, I think it was October 14th, 1917, which means the day after the miracle of the sun. And he didn't know about any on the other part of the world. He didn't know about what was going on in Fatima at the time. Uh, but, you know, but the Militia Maculata is just about basically staying close and being warriors uh, on behalf of the Blessed Mother who crushes the head of the serpent. I mean, I could go on and on about Max and Kobe, but here's the thing is that I feel called in our times where we've been lied to, historic proportions. And I, I keep saying too, because they have all these amazing tools that were never around in Mac Maximilian Colby's day. But, you know, now it's on your cell phone and, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, the internet, the TV, everything. Uh, and, they're, and they're just, it's, it's historic, the level of, of lies, the propaganda, the indoctrination that's going on. And I just feel as a spiritual leader in these times, if there ever was a need for more Maximilian Colby's, it's right now. And we have to use these tools ourselves to push back with truth. We, that's how we're recognized as children of God, those who adhere to the truth. And, and that's, what, that's what I try to do with Maximilian Kolbe. You're going to say, Eddie? They have great courage, but there's a charitable core there. Exactly. It's like they're so filled with love that they're courageous beyond just someone who wanted to get over on somebody. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they're, they're motivated and animated by a real deep love, which gives them a courage. It's like supernatural. Doug, you, the, what the, about the you? saint I wanted to bring up, uh, and then Doug, you, if you have some saints you want to talk yeah. about, but uh, John the Baptist. Uh, yeah, and I was actually born on June 24th, which is, he's the, I think he's the only saint where we, all, we celebrate his birth uh, into the world and, and instead of his birth into uh, eternal life. But anyways, uh, June 24th, and it turns out too that um, there was one day on my 23rd birthday that I got a call to the priesthood. And I tell people when I tell this story, I said, the day before, not so much, you know, I, you know it was... Nobody was going to the priesthood at, at that time. 1981 is when it was. It was my 23rd birthday. And years later, it was like three years ago, I put, I connected the dots. And I realized that was June 24th, 1981, my 23rd birthday. That was the day that uh, our Blessed Mother started appearing in Medjugorje. Wow. That, I got one day and it was on, again, <coughs> the birth of John the Baptist. I'm talking so fast, I'm drying up here. But anyways... Um, I love John the Baptist. I mean, you brood of vipers. You know, he wasn't, a, he wasn't afraid. And he came after political people mm -hmm. in his time, right? And uh, he was actually beheaded for doing that. Uh, yeah. And this idea that, you know, oh, you know, we shouldn't be political. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
I don't, I don't, I don't sit, sit there and be a campaign manager for anybody in politics, but if somebody is, is directly opposing uh, in the most malicious and militant way uh, the kingdom values that we have versus someone who is allowing us to thrive uh, mm -hmm. and, and to let us influence the culture with kingdom values, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to promote the guy that's doing that. These times are historic. I keep using that word, historically evil right now. And, um, and so... Yeah, uh, John the Baptist said, no, you can't do that to a political leader, okay? Right. And and we need to be doing that as well, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's that's fabulous, especially that you have that same birthday. So I was thinking when you said that, I thought, well, my birthday was the same as David Cassidy from the Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> nice! I think I love you. I think I love you. What's Don't yours, yourself. What's yours? Uh, what's well, this would be a little twist on it. I mean, I, I John the Baptist has always been a favorite um, because of his clarity and his strength. I've always liked Thomas More. Roughly fifteen hundred years later, dies for essentially the same thing that John the Baptist did in really the same way, beheaded, uh, speaking out against Herod's marriage, you know, and uh, standing up for authority and truth and, and clarity and all. Uh, so Thomas More, plus because he's a layman, you know, and there's a lot of religious and, and priests yeah. that get canonized. But we laymen, as you know, Eddie, we don't get nearly, you know, the same um, number of personnel, if you will, in our category. <laughs> so I've always liked Thomas More for that reason as well, um, you know, which is funny because he, he was much more the intellect, you know, the academic, the the, the lawyer. And I'm not, yeah. you know, but uh, but I where's love that the plaque fact behind that, you. Yeah, yeah. Where's my lawyering pack? I, I made it up in Photoshop. It hangs on the wall nice. behind me here, you know. Um, you know, a degree from the University of Radix. Anyway, um, but I've always liked them. Uh, St. Alphonsus Liguori, St. John Vianney, because, again, their clarity and preaching and so forth. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, because they're saints and they're at the top. But here's yeah. a twist. I've always been inspired by the countless lives of people will we'll never hear unless God does something miraculous or we get there to heaven and meet them. But mm -hmm. the men and the women who even fought and died for the faith. Now, this is an interesting twist. I know I think of the Knights of Malta. I think oh. of the, 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 those who fought in the battle of Lepanto, those who fought um, in the siege of Vienna one and two, um, yeah. you know, the war of the Vendee. You know, yeah. men, women, you know, the War of the Vendee, especially, you know, the women were involved in that. They were persecuted and they suffered and they were tortured and they, they didn't buckle. They, they hung on to their faith. But men like the Knights of Malta, for example, I think of the Siege of Malta in 1565, Grandmaster John Lavalette, who was, you know, 70 years old or so at the time. And he put uh, himself out there several times, even jumped into the fray, you know, swung the sword, engaged in the battle at 70 or so. 70 or 72. Yeah. I think it was 72. But these men who are, well, they're not going to be canonized by the church per se, but they fought and they suffered and they bled and they dedicated their lives for the same faith that we sit here and talk about. Yes. And in their time, they gave everything. And, in, and you know, in, including, you know, just fighting and being willing to die, not, not martyrdom per se, but mm -hmm. they gave their life in battle even to protect and defend. Um, and th those are areas of inspiration I've always been affected by 
Um, and they just don't get the same maybe recognition as a canonized saint, but nonetheless, they're still so critically important to the history. Of Thank our God we have an all saints day and all these, some of these things yeah. at least, you know, just what you're saying there, Doug, and listening to you father, how knowing about these saints have inspired your lives. And that's the very thing that happens in dead theologian society. They, they hear these stories and it changes things. It, it changes things for the better. Mm -hmm. And um, and just you talking about that those 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 people influenced how you are, how you operate, what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and it's and it's it just it's there's proof of it right there. Right, you know? right, right. Another one I should mention real quick is King David. I'm always am amazed by King David. I know the Old Testament characters we don't look at as saints, but you know Jeremiah, Elijah, King David. Um, you know, David's, David's uh, you know, complete reliance on God, his deep faith, but naturally he trained up in the skills that God gave him in yeah. order to be able to do what God called him to do. And the fact that God says, this is a man after my own heart. And David was effect, you know, he was essentially he was a warrior and, and who loved God. And, and we I say think, Jesus, son of David. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I, this is such a critical thing to remember. So I, I, I like the old Testament characters, you know, the, the prophets, uh, King David, Jeremiah, you know, these guys were magnificent. And don't you find too, that when you know that some of these saints had some of their struggles, they had to iron some things out in mm -hmm. their own lives, as yeah. personality flaws or some of their past sins and things. But it's like, wow, we can do that too. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we have the confessional, we have prayer, we have things to help us become better than right. we were before. And I think that those saints give us great hope that, well, yeah, maybe I messed up at times in my life. I really did, but wow, but that, that shouldn't make us quit. doesn't make us stop because, and I think the devil would love for us to quit and make us just think that we're either like a lost cause, too sinful, or we're just not going to make it, you know, right, to keep us right. from, from pressing You know, something on. that just popped into my head is that I've been um, uh, helping out with St. Ambrose Academy. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, we get a lot of Death Theologian Society people from there uh, to, to join us, but it's just an amazing school, um, at high school. And uh, I've been going over there and offering Mass for them recently, and they said, Father, can you talk about the saints? Because these young people are really hungering mm -hmm. to know about the saints right now. And I says, you bet I can. That's one of my favorite things to do. But, yeah, but yeah. that's what's going on right now is that, and these are the heroes. You know, that's the title of, uh, you know, trying yes, to draw the, this heroism out of young people. They're literally called to be heroes because, you know, they'll be uh, mocked and persecuted and, and oh, yeah. slandered mm -hmm. for sticking with the, kingdom values when all around them they're going no no this is the new normal the new normal is to shun or even uh ridicule kingdom values in favor mm -hmm. of these uh, satanic values that are going on right now in the culture yeah. and it's so easy for young people to get caught up in this and yeah. so, so so they're looking to two heroes to inspire them to be heroic themselves yes yeah father when you say an easy way now this may sound like a terrible segue but a way for parents to help their teens it's like let's get them something like yeah, exactly. this now, this sounds like a real sales story, but it's i'm being sincere what here, a great christmas gift because you're going to start right off the, the yep 
right in the backpack. They could take it to school. Yeah. My son is sharing this with people in, in the military right, right now every day. Like one of these, like these, these saints, and there's hundreds of saints wisdom right, right at their fingertips. And, we and all it's know. not overwhelming either, which it's easy no. to digest because let's just deal with this one line quote each day. And let's just, exactly. let's just hang on that. And it really has young people in mind because of that. And instead of, you know, having to read a tome, which they probably won't do, but, right. to, but to pick up that up and to just read one line and maybe even let it impact them so much Absolutely. that they'll memorize it. Like you memorized the one that, that impacted you so much. But just when you were talking, I just like, oh, you flip it open. If you think someone is not worthy of your mercy, you should realize that you don't deserve mercy either. <laughs> right Who said that? Who said that? And that's Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Oh, you know nice. And so there's, yeah. I, I just want to promote this. And in like I said, I don't really consider myself an author, but more like remember when Bob Geldof did Band Aid and Live Aid? It's like he kind of assembled all the great groups in the world yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the eighties. And it's just kind of like I just collected these one sentence quotes. So yeah. that be able to give these to people um, to be inspired and it'll change their life in a very, very easy way to do. A lot of times when we're talking about uh, the, the um, Lexio Divina, when we're praying with scripture, they, they'll oftentimes recommend, don't, don't sit there and read a whole chapter. I mean, you can, if that's what the Holy Spirit's inspired you to do, but take a line, take one yes. line from scripture and just sit with that and let it penetrate, let it, let it you know, and, and discern what God is trying to tell you with that and, yeah. and all that. But, but, uh, and I think that's the genius behind, uh, tell me the name of wisdom and it's called wisdom and inspiration with, from the saints in a sentence. There you go. Every yeah, day. Yeah. 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 Everybody one sentence. But, yeah. but the wisdom and to just sit with it, with a saint who is, uh, you know, is, is inspiring us for that day. And, 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 and you, you do the saint of the day, don't you? Is that, is that you know, what I tried to do was line them up yeah. as much as possible, either on the day or within the month. There okay, are good. some saints that maybe it's their saint day, but I had a hard time finding any real quote sure, that sure. was uh, like in one sentence. Sure. So I would double up on some of my favorites. Like there's a few from St. John Vianney, St. Dominic nice. of Solanus Casey. That's one of my other great videos. saints, John Vianney. Oh, yeah. The great confessor. Yes. Yeah. I try to line them up um, according to their month or their day. Yep. Nice. Um, but again, there's, but there's probably. So oftentimes it's the same the day, but not always. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There, but there's over 300 saints yeah. wisdom here mm. that we could all learn from, which is, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Eddie, yeah. on, Eddie, on a, on a natural level. And I just think this is an important thing to address on a natural level. Uh, as human beings, we're impacted by stories, obviously. Our Lord taught with parables and stories. And, you know, we watch movies, which effectively is a type of storytelling, television and yeah. so forth. A lot of this is. We like our reality-based shows because it's this ongoing story of someone's life and so forth. Yeah. But when it comes to these stories, um, obviously, they, they carry with them a, a different impact. Talk a little bit about the power of just telling a story, a story in and of itself, and how it yeah. affects us and affects especially young people, but all of us throughout life are impacted by story. Well, part of it, I think it's, it's different now because most people don't tell stories in person. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, things where we can read stuff, but just the, the environment when you're sitting with a human being 
and you're listening to a story, there's there's a, that kind of breaks the current mold to a degree. So that right away is different. Um, you know, I had an old uncle, um, rest in peace, Uncle Vic. He would smoke his pipe and tell great stories of the great naval battles from the great sailing ships. And when he would sit and tell those stories, I would just sit there and just soak it all up. And the atmosphere of him sharing it with the pipe tobacco going, it was just like, I couldn't get enough of it. And I know my father did that for me when um, he I got a little set of a little plastic set from the Mark's Toy Company of Jesus and the Twelve Apostles uh, for Christmas. And Dad would tell me some of the stories of these little figurines that I had. And here I was about seven years old, maybe six, and he was telling me stuff like, "Oh, here's a little figurine of Saint Matthew, the tax collector." A lot of people didn't like him, but Jesus didn't have a job for him to do. And here I'm remembering this stuff just now, and it's, mm. you know, over 50 years later. Things like St., uh, you know, the Apostle John uh, was probably a teenager when he followed Jesus, and how St. Peter was the first pope, and and St. Andrew, the patron saint of Scotland. And, and he would just go on and on. I just thought, I don't know, there was something about its simplicity, hearing it from someone that I trust, who has credibility, if you think back when we were in college, let's say, or high school or grade school, if there was a teacher that we trusted and we thought they had some things to share, when they would talk, I don't know, somehow I think it had a greater impact. We would listen and it carried with us an added bit of credibility because of the storyteller. Mm -hmm. And I think that when young people are hearing the stories, if they're at their parish, and let's say there is a a trust relationship between the priest and the youth minister. And like we've had, Father, when we were at Pine Bluff and, and the, the gang on there, it's like there's a familiarity. We, the young people know these are guys and, and, and women that we trust. They're tried and true. They're sharing good stuff that, that inspires us, that gives us hope. I know there, I think there's some extra dimensions there when you're in the same room and it's a prayerful atmosphere. Well, like when you give a homily, Father, you know, again, there's a situation where you're like, you're sharing something, it's person to person. And I think a lot of the world is so fast that we don't slow down. And when someone tells a story, it's like, wow, this is kind of different. And I really like it. Hmm. You know, and this, that's, I think, one of the things about Dead Theologian Society is we don't, we don't bring in a lot of technology. It really is this telling of a story. And those of us, who have some Irish heritage, and we're not the only culture that has it, but the Irish were great storytellers, and, and the people who shared stories were held in, in high regard. And so I think telling a good story is something that there's an art form to it. And when yeah. you're doing it, something that you really believe in, sometimes you get choked up sharing a story because, I don't know, there's, just, there's other dimensions, there's a human dimension to it. Well, and I, I think, Eddie, a lot of other cultures, a lot of other people in the world envy the Irish because I've got a lot of Irish in me because we do have such great storytelling history. So I know the others out there are, gosh, we all wish we could be Irish like the Irish. I just yeah, I would trade all my plaques on the wall <laughs> if only I could tell a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's funny. And I would say this too, Father. You know, I mean, I've heard many of Father's homilies, but anytime I hear a homily that has the story in it, Whenever yeah. the priest brings a story in it, you can just almost get a sense in the pews that people are more engaged in what Father's saying. You know, yes. even if it's a funny story or something, it just it draws us in. There's something about that. Obviously, our Lord knew what he was doing. 
obviously, again, because yeah. he told yeah. stories all the time. Yes, he did. You know, the other, um, on, on All, uh, All Souls Day, we had a, a mass for the dead at St. Patrick's in, in downtown Columbus. And it was a beautiful kind of traditional. There was, um, you know, Gregorian chant music from the choir. And there was, it was dimly lit. And the, the Dominicans were there. And we have a great young Dominican priest, newly ordained Father Frasati. And he was sharing the story like during his homily. And again, the atmosphere in him telling the story, you could hear a pin drop. Mm -hmm. And it was so fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we do in Dead Theologian Society is a small gathering, telling the story of a great saint, yeah. praying, doing a decade of the rosary, learning a mystery of the rosary. We get enrolled in the brown scapular, receive the rosary, receive a little bit of witness wear, which is, which is, this has been the same garb for 25 years with the monstrous logo. It's that kind of multi-dimensional, old school, but still very relevant, two hours that is life-changing. Mm -hmm. And it really does lead people then, they want to go to mass because they're able to learn during the week how important it is and how the saints were Eucharistic-centered. As the late great Bishop Molino said, they were that way necessarily, or they wouldn't be saints. You know, and so that little reinforcement during the week helps them understand and participate in the mass more fully, appreciate, wow, I want to go to confession well, because and, I know and, what it is. And Eddie, how many, how common is it that the saints had a devotion to the Blessed Mother? Oh, I hardly know of one that doesn't. I don't, exactly. I think they all do. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> there could have been a whole book just only on saints and their in their love for the blessed virgin mary i mean it's awesome. there's yeah that's one of the other things like the eucharist and mary the, you know the great pillars there you go it's like tried and true every century mm -hmm. and i think that's the hope that we have even though we live in some real weird times that in almost every age people suffered great saints emerged and it seems like some of the great heroes emerge from some of the darkest times where the light shines brighter and stuff. And I think that if these times in our lifetime, you know, the age that we are, I think we could all say there's some stuff that's bizarre that we never have seen before, oh, you know, in our, in our this little pure evil, section right. of history that we've no lived. Kidding. So, so what an opportunity, right. just like in our illnesses, we have a chance to praise God, worship God, and, and see the love that, that can, how God can permit things for a greater result, greater love from others and for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that during these challenging times, we can say, yeah, man, it's, it's, there's some weird stuff, but what a golden opportunity to, to step up and maybe help someone get to heaven mm -hmm. that maybe I wouldn't have been as concerned before if things weren't so bad. You know what I mean? So you want things to be better, but when they're not, all these greats, you know, we, we read about them and hear about them. You're saying Max Wayne Colby and John the Baptist and everyone we mentioned. It's because it was during hard times that they stepped up and we still we still are inspired by them. So right. we can do the same thing with the same Holy Spirit and the same sacraments that they had. You know, Father Groeschel made a great point once. I remember when I used to watch him when he said, we don't need to go looking for crosses but if we stay faithful, they'll find us. And when they do, we want to embrace it as tightly as Jesus embraced his cross and look at the good that can come from it, you know? Right. And so I think that's 
a bit of hope for us during these times that we can stay in good form, pray for courage, pray to grow in holiness. And if, if we have to step up to do it with courage and great charity. Eddie, this has been awesome. I think our time's running out here, but uh, before mm. we conclude, I, again, I want to thank you because I think, and I, I think you both would agree and everybody who's watching would agree that uh, these are some of the most challenging times in all of history right now. And it's how easy it is for young people to be uh, easily indoctrinated, uh, caught up in the secular culture and, yep. uh, and to turn their backs on God and, and to turn their backs on um, living their lives to, to bring the kingdom uh, the kingdom values uh, to bring, you know, what is good and true and holy uh, and pure to the world and to mm -hmm. step up to be and be, accept our call to be heroic. It takes heroism. I yeah. mean, it, it's easy to be a coward and just yeah. give in and just kind of go with the flow of the world. Cowardice is, is super easy. It's hard. It, like you said, it's, it's, it's carrying your cross to be uh, a hero and what you're doing is you're giving, uh, I think, the best practices, the best possible opportunity where they're coming together to listen to the stories of these heroes, but also feeding off of each other. And their, in, in there's a call to say, let's roll, right? Mm -hmm. Let's roll. Let, let's be the heroes that God is calling us to do. Let's set cowardice aside. You know, the easy living, you know, go without God, do what you want. Uh, that's so, and it's so captivating right now. And Dead Theologian Society is doing amazing things. So please, everyone, go to deadtheologiansociety.com. You'll find out how to get your own groups going. And also, you'll find the link there to get the book. Uh, amazing book. What a great Christmas gift. Good stocking stuffer. It's small enough for that. <laughs> But uh, what an amazing gift to give someone that, you know, inspirational one-liners every day uh, throughout the year. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. So thanks, Eddie. Thank oh, you. Thank guys. you, Eddie. Yeah. Thank you, so let's close a little prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. This was awesome, Eddie. Awesome. Very, Thanks, very Eddie. Good. Yeah, this is great. great.